You're listening to the On the Go with VAO News Podcast for the week ending January 29th, 2016. Hello and welcome back to our weekly recap of the top headlines from this week's daily acquisition news. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Bill Olver, VAO content developer and senior news writer. And I'm Dara Curran, content developer and fellow news writer. In headlines this week, the Office of Personnel Management has announced the official launch of its new National Background Investigations Bureau, or NBIB, which will assume responsibility for the federal security clearance process. NBIB will be part of OPM and absorb the agency's existing federal investigative services, and the Department of Defense will be in charge of the cybersecurity and technology systems for the Bureau. The President is expected to ask for $95 million in his fiscal year 2017 budget proposal to fund NBIB. OPM will also be standing up a team to map out all the details and timelines for the transition. OMB is also reported to be drafting a policy that will consolidate agency mobile device contracts in a manner similar to the agency's October 2015 guidance on acquiring laptop and desktop computers. There's nothing official yet, and OMB declined to comment on the draft memorandum obtained by the trade press, but in its current form, the policy would prohibit agencies from issuing new solicitations or awards for mobile devices and services and route them instead to the General Services Administration's existing government-wide wireless contract. Chief information officers would be tasked with consolidating their existing contracts down to one contract per carrier, and agencies will report their mobile service usage and pricing data to OMB on a quarterly basis, with that data then collected and posted to GSA's acquisition gateway. OMB has issued the new discount rates for calendar year 2016 for use in cost-benefit and other kinds of economic analyses. The new rates are in the November 2015 revision of Appendix C of Circular A94 entitled Guidelines and Discount Rates for Benefit-Cost Analysis of Federal Programs. The rates do not, however, apply to regulatory analysis or benefit-cost analysis of public investments. GSA is working on a shared service offering to provide agencies with Software License Management as a Service, or SLMS, which would give agencies access to tools to help them more efficiently manage their software licenses and use. We have seen a lot of studies over time that demonstrate agencies don't always have a really good handle on what software they own, how much it's costing them, and what needs security patching, what's up renewal, that sort of thing. And GSA's proposed service would close those gaps, reducing duplicative acquisitions and unnecessary maintenance payments, and just helping agencies get more out of the licenses they own in general. GSA is currently piloting its first foray into the service, which it hopes to scale up for wider agency use in fiscal year 2017. Customers would likely pay a set fee per device for the service and receive detailed reports, dashboards, implementation assistance, and best practices as part of their purchase. The DPAC Contingency Contracting Office is asking components to participate in an effort to collect and standardize current commonly held contingency contracting policies into the Defense Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement and Procedures Guidance and Information. The initiative is aimed at avoiding repeated ad hoc policy issuances during future operations. Officials are asked to provide any contingency contracting class deviations, local clauses, policies, processes, or guidance that might be considered enduring. Submissions must be received by February 29th. 
Lockheed Martin has announced it will spin off its Information Systems and Global Solutions arm and merge it with Lidos Holdings. The deal will allow Lockheed to focus on its core defense and aerospace sectors while the new organization will deal in information technology and other technical services. The deal is expected to close in the third or fourth quarter of 2016. In regulatory news, the Small Business Administration has issued four final rules making changes to small business size standards for certain categories of businesses. SBA has made inflation adjustments for business receipt-based size standards and increased employee-based size standards for some wholesale trade and retail trade industries. GSA also increased employee-based size standards for 36 industries that are not part of the manufacturing, retail trade, or wholesale trade sectors, and for 209 industries in the manufacturing sector. And the Department of Defense issued a final rule adopting OMB grant guidance following many other agencies. I've lost count, and I think we are slowly running out of agencies to adopt this guidance. Let's hope. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) have at least one a week. Um, Finally, on the lighter side of the news, the Bureau of Land Management is looking for a new project manager to help run Burning Man. Now, we we don't ever announce any uh, job openings for agencies, but we're making an exception this time. The Burning Man Festival draws about 70,000 attendees to the desert for an art installation. (laughs) Uh, Yes, those were air quotes. Uh, BLM is looking for an individual experienced with resource management, environmental assessments and impact studies, and special recreation permits. The position is a GS-12 and the posting is open until February 8th. So get your resumes in. Oh my goodness. Does it say whether it's clothing optional? I assume you're probably still going to an office. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I think so. And on that note, we will jump into the free-for-all portion of the podcast. Last week, we discussed a protest case where GAO and the Court of Federal Claims disagreed about the interpretation of language in the Omnibus Diplomatic Security and Anti-Terrorism Act, and that language set standards for pre-qualifying bidders for Department of State diplomatic construction projects. You can find our discussion of that in the January 22 podcast where you found this week's presentation. This week, we're going to look at some cases regarding small business set-asides, one in which GAO disagreed with the Small Business Administration and another in which GAO disagreed with the courts. So in the first case, GAO denied a pre-award protest challenging the agency's decision not to set aside a federal supply schedule order for small businesses. The RFQ was issued through GSA's eBuy under the FSS procedures at FAR 8.4 and was not set aside for small businesses. Prior to the end of the submission window, a small business challenged the agency's decision not to set aside the solicitation, arguing that the Small Business Act requires orders valued between $3,000 and $150,000 to be set aside for small businesses, as long as competitive offers from two or more such firms can reasonably be expected. That's the rule of two. The protester pointed out that multiple small firms, including some holding FSS contracts, were capable of fulfilling the requirement. SBA agreed with the protester, but GAO sided with the agency, noting that Congress amended the Small Business Act to clarify set-asides under multiple award contracts. Specifically, Section 1331 of the Small Business Jobs Act of 2010 says that agencies may, at their discretion, I will draw your attention to that may, because as we noted last week, even the tiniest word can be very important legalese. So they may set aside part or parts of a multiple award contract, orders placed against these contracts, and reserve one or more awards for small business concerns under full and open multiple award procurements. 
Later, the FAR and SBA's regulations were amended to incorporate these changes. Now, given the clear language of the Small Business Jobs Act and the resulting regulatory changes, GAO determined the decision to set aside requirements for small businesses under FSS solicitations is within the discretion of the contracting officer, and they therefore denied the protest. So unlike last week's case, where GAO and the court had differing interpretations of the relevant statutory language, here GAO has clearly defined terms to go by for its decision. So that that begs the question, given that clear language, why did SBA weigh in for the protester? Well, GAO addressed that in its decision. And while SBA made a very valiant effort, I think they were not on very firm ground in making their argument. So as background, there is a general rule of thumb that the entirety of laws, each section, provision, etc., should be considered as a whole, and that helps provide context and help with any issues that need to be interpreted. Again, an issue that we touched on last week, context. The Supreme Court has used this concept in its rulings, more recently on its decision last summer, on the applicability of tax credits under the Affordable Care Act. So here we have two related but opposing rules. Agencies are required to set aside contracts valued between the micro-purchase threshold and the simplified acquisition threshold, but they have the discretion to do this on FSS orders. SBA argued the best way to harmonize these rules would be to require FSS orders to be set aside, providing that the rule of two is met, of course, and to read the newer language as merely creating an exception to the requirement that all multiple award contract holders be given a fair opportunity to compete for orders. Again, GAO disagreed, saying this harmony could just as easily be achieved from the opposite interpretation. The new amendments carve out an exception for FSS orders and all other contracts and orders must be set aside, given the dollar value and the rule of two. And GAO reiterated that this interpretation is contrary to the FAR changes and SBA's own regulations, which clearly state agencies have this discretion. So I'm, I'll, I'll file this under rogue SBA employee. So <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of wiggle room for SBA on, on that one. Now, as a side note, interestingly, OFPP guidance on the new requirements uh, encouraged agencies to consider requiring order set-asides under multiple award contracts if the agency was not currently meeting their small business goals. Mm. And DOD, uh, via the Office of Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy, directed its contracting activities to commit to using order set-asides as appropriate on all new multiple award contracts with small business contract holders, um, unless the rule of two, again, was not met. Um, for existing multiple award contracts with small business contract holders and for multiple award schedule contracts uh, for any orders that do meet the rule of two. Encouragement from OFPP, arm twisting from DPAP, but there's still no ironclad requirements there, as SBA argued. So, all right, now I know you have a juicy, intriguing, ongoing saga to, to talk about next, right? So what's, yes, what's that yes. about? This, is, this one's actually a series of cases. And this is something our listeners might be familiar with already. Uh, this is a case where GAO and the Department of Veteran Affairs have been uh, duking something out over the last couple of years. Uh, so many times, actually, that GAO announced that it would no longer even hear protests on these grounds uh, because VA has been holding firm in its opposition to GAO's opinion yeah. and ignoring its recommendations. So. You know, just, they took their ball and went home. <laughs> yes, yeah, GAO said, why bother? Um, and, and it's also going through the courts, so it's late to see what happens there. 
So in these protests, uh, vendors have been challenging VA's decision to proceed with a federal supply schedule acquisition without first determining whether the procurement should have been set aside for veteran-owned small businesses or service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses. And there have been, like I said, at least a half dozen of these protests on these grounds over the last few years. GAO says that the Veterans Benefits, Healthcare, and Information Technology Act of 2006 requires VA to use a VOSB or SDVOSB set-aside when the rule of two is met. VA disagrees. So at issue, once again, uh, some language in the law that left room for interpretation. Uh, the law provides for the use of restricted competition for the purposes of meeting the goals for VOSB and SDVOSB contracting. Now, VA believes the statute should be interpreted to mean the department may consider its achievements with regard to its SDVOSB contracting goals in deciding whether to do restricted competitions. The department has indicated it intends to continue using the supply schedules, and it has urged veteran-owned firms to apply for spots on the schedules. So uh, VA also has argued that FAR Part 19, which includes requirements relating to various small business programs, does not apply to federal supply schedule orders. So in December 2012, the U.S. Court of Federal Claims sided with VA, uh, finding that its interpretation of the act was reasonable and ruling that VA was not required to set aside contracts for VOSBs and SDVOSBs if it otherwise met its relevant contracting goals. And in 2014, a federal circuit court judge affirmed this ruling, noting that VA had consistently met its set-aside goals and therefore its decision not to set aside additional contracts was not contrary to the law. Interesting. And now they're going to the Super Bowl. Kingdomware is taking its case to the Supreme Court. Yes, it's not often a dispute over contract law makes it to the Supreme Court. So we've had our eye on this one for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, the court's due to hear arguments in February and issue its decision later this year, presumably in May or June, as it usually does. One notable aspect here is that the contract being contested has long been awarded and I'm assuming completed, right? <laughs> and you know, this is five years now or four years now. Um, in fact, the Supreme Court asked VA and Kingdomware if they wanted to continue, um, you know, since the case was moot, at least when you're thinking about the dollars and cents of the contract. Uh, but both sides did ask the court to hear the case because they want the matter settled once and for all. Sure. And you know, again, this is another case where contradictory statutory language is giving rise to equally reasonable interpretations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the act, the, the act issue in, in hand, the 2006 law, um, says in slightly paraphrased form, um, except as provided for purposes of meeting the department's annual VOSB and SDVOSB contracting goals and in accordance with this section, um, a contracting officer of the department shall award contracts on the basis of competition restricted to small business concerns owned and controlled by veterans if the contracting officer has a reasonable expectation that the rule of two is met and that the award can be made at a fair and reasonable price. Again, we have that word shall. So uh, the conflict turns on part of that phrase for purposes of meeting the department's VOSB and SDVOSB goals. So GAO says that that's basically a preamble uh, to the language. It doesn't really mean anything. It means in order to meet your goals, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. VA says that it's a determining factor. If we're meeting our goals, 
this is not required. I'm going to come down on GAO's side here uh, for mm-hmm. the same reason you discussed earlier. If we're reading the law as a whole, right, we context. just have to look up a few paragraphs for some interesting language. Each of the paragraphs dealing with set-asides, uh, the use of non-competitive procedures, and the award of sole source contracts begins with the phrase, for purposes of meeting the goals. So as a layman, I'd interpret that language the way GAO has. In order to meet its goals, G, you know, VA will. You know, in comparison, there's also the language in the Veterans Benefit Act of 2003, and that applies government-wide. And that law says a contracting officer may award contracts on the basis of competition restricted to small business concerns owned and controlled by service-disabled veterans if the rules too is met. Now, this later bill, the 2006 law, has nearly identical language in that provision, but it says VA shall restrict competition uh-huh, to VOSBs right. and SDVOSBs, right? The smoking gun. <laughs> yes, in my opinion, and also in GAO's opinion. And GAO also points out that the second bill applies only to VA. Basically, GAO is saying Congress said shall, and it meant shall. Mm-hmm. So now, obviously, the courts do not agree with me. <laughs> And we'll right. see. So we'll see what the Supremes have to say about it. Okay. Are you, do you want to issue a prediction? Should we take bets? <laughs> I, I will not. Not about the outcome because just because the courts have inter- been very consistent in their interpretation so far. So then it's also above my pay grade. <laughs> so I will, I, I will make a prediction about the aftermath. If the court rules in VA's favor... I think Congress would revisit this language in the very near future. There's, there has been so much attention to small business contracting the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, just even recently, we've, we've, got, we've heard of proposals to raise the annual percentage goals. Right, yep. um, lawmakers questioning why the goals uh, are based on eligible small business mm-hmm. contracting spending rather than all government-wide contract spending. So I don't think any lawmakers invested in small business contracting would let this one sneak past them. Um, especially since we're talking about a fairly recent law. The, the law we talked about last week was 30-some years old. How many lawmakers are still around that wrote that law? Um, right, yeah. You know, now we're talking something that was just not even 10 years ago. There are probably some folks still around that wrote that law that were invested in getting it passed. So I think we're going to have this revisited. It's been percolating, like, the issues around the small business contracting stuff. There's different pots that have all percolating on the same stove for a while. And I think that, you know, it it deserves a revisit, maybe just to simplify it. It's, you know, I'm a fan of the idea. I'm like, oh, flat tax. It's a great idea. I kind of think the same thing should apply for, for, um, you know, small business goals. Just make it easy. Not all of these exceptions. Everybody does pretty well anyway when the goals are set out for them. But I do think it becomes difficult when you get into these minutiae of what should be and shouldn't be and just, you know, give them a number to aim for, you know, maybe almost a bigger target would be easier to hit. So, (sighs) okay. So if you are a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can find links to this week's headlines and other things that we've discussed for further reading on VAO on the same page where you downloaded the podcast. And you could also comment on the podcast if you have any other protest cases you'd like us to consider or research, uh, please do. This will be the last one in this series, but we will keep an eye out for additional cases where GAO and the courts or different agencies disagree on interpretation or disagree on protest decisions, and we'll, we'll highlight those. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us again for the next Daily News podcast on February 5th. Goodbye. <laughs>